All right. Hey, Hi, everybody. Remembered. Yeah. You remembered this time. Yeah, my mind's not <laughs> as scrambled as it was yesterday. Fair enough. Uh, welcome to your Friday, and Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, Merry Christmas. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news and hilarious history. Woot woot! Yes, all right. So, uh, I know we talked about Gerald last week, and I said I was going <laughs> to bring him back this week, but it's Christmas, so I found something a little more Christmassy, and next week we'll, we'll hear the end of Gerald. Okay. So, one more week, but um, I found this article from Met- metro.co.uk. It's pretty short, and then I have, like, both of these are kind of like horror Christmas because that's just who I am as a person. Um, but they're also <laughs> super funny. Some of them are kind of sad, but they're also super funny. So we're going with it. Oh, if you hear anything in the background, that is my daughter. <laughs> my husband is running errands in Bowling Green and I refuse to record in the middle of the night again. Yeah. So <laughs> that was awful. We were both so yeah. tired and I yep. I was gone. Um so mm-hmm, we both were. Yeah. So this first one is called 14 people share their worst ever Christmas stories and you won't know whether to laugh or cry. And oh, this Oh man. <laughs> this was written by Rosie Edwards and it was published um on Christmas Eve in 2017. Um okay. So despite what the song says, Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. Not for everybody. No, not for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) For some people, Christmas is a time when granddad gets smashed, the food is inedible, and the tree topples over on your head. Oh, no. (laughs) There is so much pressure for Christmas to be merry and bright that the smallest thing can turn it into a festive fiasco. That is true. It's important to keep it chill, everybody. Like, used to when I was... Have people sign up and do potluck. Don't try to cook everything by yourself and then... Complain that you cooked everything by yourself. Yeah. When I was growing up, mom and I would have to, like, cook the whole dinner ourselves, pack it all up, take it out to my grandmother's, also take all of our presents out to her house. Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. It's been so nice. Why wouldn't she just come to you? That makes no sense. Uh, Because she couldn't walk up our stairs. The three steps? Yeah. On your porch? Yeah, because she's 400 pounds and her knees don't oh, work. that's true. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, someone's upset. Yeah, she is. It's okay, though. Okay. I got it. Okay. We're okay. Um, so, these people would be... These people should be given medals for enduring what might just be the worst Christmases ever. Uh, read them and feel grateful. Oh, my God. <laughs> So this first one is from Luke, and he's 35. Um, my grandma, or my grandpa got really drunk, swore at all of us, and passed out by 5 p.m. Uh, what? Yeah. Go, Grandpa. Um, I mean, get it, guy, but damn. <laughs> I mean, I guess Christmas was great for him. He got a lot of stuff off his chest. Apparently. Um, this, this next one's, oh. Did you guys made all my hear heart her hurt. laugh just now? Yeah, that was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jane. It's the most wonderful time of the year over here in this house. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> 
So okay, sorry, is, keep going. It's okay. This next one is from Jane, who's 22, um, and she's a retail worker from Canada. My birthday is in late November. For years, my mother bought a pile of presents and split them in half for my birthday and Christmas. Then she started forgetting to do that. Throughout middle and high school, she forgot to buy me Christmas presents for four of the five years. <gasps> oh, no! The last time she did it, she asked me what my favorite gift had been, and I said it was something from my distant great aunt and uncle, a gift shop trinket, really. She yelled and screamed at me in front of all the extended family about what an ungrateful little shit I was. What? Then she looked at my brother's present piles, then mine, and saw that I had nothing. (laughs) Ooh! Yeah. Um... Wow. Yeah. Um don't start that precedent if you can't finish it. <laughs> don't Seriously. don't do that. Um Oh no. Yeah. So this next one is from Paul, who's twenty nine. Uh my birthday is Christmas Day. One year. My grandma oh, that sucks. I think my aunt's birthday is Christmas Day and she's a twin. Oh, so of she's course. Like just sharing her birthday all around. It might be Christmas Eve. I can't remember. Oh, that yeah. sucks. It does. <laughs> uh, one year, my grandma gave me a mug full of peppermints and gave my younger brother a car. What? <laughs> These grandparents suck. I tell you what. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like my grandma giving everyone a really, giving everyone else a really cool Lego set and giving me Legos for babies. Mm. I'm just like, okay, fine. <laughs> Thanks, grandma. Other me completely, grandma. I appreciate it. <laughs> She's okay. Keep going. Okay. So, Gary, who's 39, uh, who's a lawyer in London, says, I got norovirus two days before Christmas and was forced to stay in bed listening to my family laughing and playing games downstairs. Oh, no, that sucks. Yeah, super rude. Um, so this is from Carrie, who's 33. But also, like, they couldn't just, like, give up all of Christmas just because he was sick. Like, yeah, I kinda, no. I, I kind of see both sides to that one. Yeah, but maybe, like, watch a movie or something and then play games... When he's better. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I know. I'm kind of on their side. <laughs> um, this was when I was still living at home. I had just come in from walking the dog when my mom asked me to come and help sort out the lights on the tree. I sort of crouched down under the tree where the plug socket was and plugged them in. What I didn't realize was that my beanie hat got caught on the lower branches. When I went to stand up, the whole tree came crashing down on top of me. Decorations and all. Oh, no! Yeah. (gasps) (laughs) Um, Wow, that's awful! (laughs) (laughs) Um, (coughs) This next one is from Dan, 32, who is a comedy performer. Um, Okay. This actually happened to a friend of mine. I'll call him Will. So Will went to the pub with some of our other friends on Christmas Eve. He got really drunk and missed the last train home, which would have been fine, except the pub was in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no. Will ended up... so unsafe. Yeah. Will ended up having to go home with our other friend, Mike, and spend Christmas morning with Mike's family. 
There were no Ooh, trains. That's weird. Yeah. There were no trains, obviously, on Christmas Day, so Mike's dad had to drive Will home again, which was a two-hour round trip. Christmas ruined oh for my two families. God. Impressive. <laughs> wow! That one blows. Yeah. Um, but also plan better. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, Do better. So this is Jenny, 24. I don't know how to feel about this one. Um, okay. One year, I hated every single present I opened. I know I sound like a spoiled brat, but it wasn't that. It was because I knew my parents had spent a lot of money on the gifts, and I felt so awful that I didn't like any of them. Oh, no. One of the things that they gave me... really sucks. Yeah. One of the things they gave me was a watch, and I wore it for a whole year, even though I hated it. Oh, no! Because <laughs> I, I mean, feel that, though. Yeah, what do you do? Like, yeah, you have to I totally feel that. to like it. There's a gift um, in my daughter's room right now that I hate that I'm not going to get rid of. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? And I can't get rid of. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, and there's also, like, my, um, I have a relative that will, that refuses to use a registry and continues to buy her things that I don't want want her to have. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, we decided to keep things, we wanted to go, like, keep things non-toxic and go wooden or plastic or cloth and she has gotten her some some stuffed animals and stuff which is fine but like she also got her like a fully hard plastic teether oh and i don't she's not going to use it but it's sitting in my laundry room still in the gift bag because i feel horrible that i just want to throw it away but i also don't want to throw it away because it's plastic and that's the whole reason why we don't want to do plastic is because of the waste you know and also, I can't donate it, though, because she pulled it out of the package and washed it so that she could use it right away. And I was like, she's too young Fuck. for a teether, first of all. Of course. And I also now can't, like, but but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> why won't she oh, fucking... You, baby. I don't understand why people won't listen. And also, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. You hear all her little sneezers? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I do it six times in a row. <laughs> You're just so cute. She's transfixed by the uh, light on my microphone now. Oh. But I genuinely do not understand why, like, people won't listen when parents are like, no, I don't want that. Yep. It's different if they're only giving the child 300 calories a meal, and you're like, no, they need to eat more than that. But, like... Yeah. No, this is a choice that we're we're trying to be planet conscious, and I'm trying to not be loaded up with a bunch of nonsense yeah. that she plays with twice, and then we get rid of because that's the biggest issue is that people, you know, they play, they they buy all this stuff for their kids, it breaks in five minutes, and then it gets thrown away and goes straight into all these landfills, and that gives me anxiety, and I don't want to be a part of that that yeah. practice. <laughs> so, thankfully, both grandmothers are listening. Good. Both of her grandmothers are listening, which is lovely. But there are, you know, exterior relatives that that are not. And even though I very much appreciate them and I love that they love my daughter, it's not that at all, you know. And I just don't know how you don't know how to say like, hey, I know you saw my Facebook post about this when I posted the registry. <laughs> I know you don't like registries, but you could at least follow like the decisions that we've made. Mm-hmm. 
for our family. Like, absolutely, it's really not cool. But yeah, it's that's a good thing to think about Christmas coming up, guys. Like, I know there are a lot of new babies this year. Listen to the parents. Books, 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 books. books you can seriously. never go wrong with books. You don't know how big they are. You don't know like what they're going to grow out of. So mm-hmm. clothes are helpful, but like only if you've asked, you know, make sure you ask and get approval there. Yeah. But books, like people always need books. Yeah. There are some excellent children's books out there and like we don't have very many yet. We need to build her library up and mm-hmm. she is already so into books. Like books are a wonderful thing. I've got to introduce you to my friend who's started doing us born books she has like a ton of like children's and baby books that's what she specializes in because she's a elementary school teacher oh that's awesome yeah so i i actually like she gave me a good list to pick from because it was so overwhelming there were so many but yeah i'll have to get you all together that's really cool yeah because they have a lot of interactive books um yes interactive books are the best (laughs) All right, so this one is from Hannah, who's 35, um, and she is a journalist from Oxford. One year, I was waitressing on Christmas Day, and the people were the worst. We had automatic service charge on the tables, and nearly every table argued it. One table refused to pay it. Um, Oh, my God. Sorry, if you're making someone work on Christmas Day, you... You're paying. You're paying. Like, sorry. 100%. Um, you remember that lady a few years ago when I was still at at the Bowling Green family video, the lady that came in and was like so pissed that Walmart wasn't open. And I was like, are you serious right now? Why are you going to Walmart on Christmas Day anyway? Plan better. It's not like you didn't know Christmas was happening. Yeah, that was bullshit. She was so mad. And I was like, well, it's really nice for the employees to spend Christmas with their families. And she was like, yeah. How am I supposed to feed myself? I was like, I don't know. That sounds like a whole lot of your problem. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Why do you not have? Do you food know where I can get a already? pizza? And I was like, uh, I mean, you can wait till Marco's opens next door <laughs> in like two hours. Wow. Um. <laughs> do better. I always world. hated when people like came in and they were like, I'm sorry you have to work on Christmas. I'm like, then why the fuck are you here? Yes, then leave. <laughs> Go home. That doesn't seem sincere. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want me to work on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I had one lady actually like call home office because she was so mad that we were open on Christmas. It was so nice. It's ridiculous. She, she was like, no, there's no reason you should be open on Christmas. None. It's 100% true. And it... Someone could come nice. in and scan all the movies before midnight yeah. in the Dropbox that took that would take like 10 minutes and then go back home. Yep. Uh, so this is from Vicky, who's 27. Um, my parents had a massive screaming match during Christmas lunch that resulted in my mom storming out of the room and going to cry in the kitchen. My oh, dad- no! My dad was in a foul mood for the rest of the day, and my sister and I ate the rest of our food in silence. Christmas has been a lot better since they got divorced. Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. 
So this is from Maya, who's 36. Um, the first time I hosted Christmas at my house, I completely ruined the Christmas pudding. I put it on to simmer as we all sat down this to eat British. lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got a bit drunk and totally forgot about it. The plastic container oh, no. melted onto the bottom of the pan. <gasps> it's my oh, dad's. Oh, no! Yeah, this is British as fuck. Yeah. It's my I know dad's exactly favorite. What she's making. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dad's favorite part of Christmas lunch, and I knew he was gutted, even though he pretended he didn't care. We shared oh. a Toblerone for dessert. <laughs> oh. I mean, that not a bad, not a bad alternative, though. Yeah. A Toblerone is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> oh, God. This one is probably my favorite, because this was insane. Um, this is from Leanne, who's 33, and a PR manager. Uh, so, go for you. Good for you. I love stuff like that. Um, wow. Hey, Remy. Sorry. Oh, you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> One year, my cousin scheduled her wedding for the week before Christmas, then turned into a massive bridezilla. Oh, Lord. Basically, no one was allowed to talk about Christmas because she didn't want a Christmas theme. She made the staff at the reception venue take down all the lights and decorated trees. Oh, my Uh, God. What? Yeah, then why schedule your your wedding wedding before Christmas? Yeah. It was super stressful, and by the time Christmas came around, my whole family was exhausted. Meanwhile, my cousin was sunning herself on her honeymoon. <sighs> Which is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is from Pete, who's 34. Um, my girlfriend and I were spending Christmas with our own families. She wouldn't reply to my text, so I rang her. You can guess what happened next. She dumped me and tried to make it better by saying she had been planning to wait until after Christmas. Oh, no! I was too embarrassed to tell my family, so I tried to carry on as normal. Still haven't told them. They think we broke up in January. Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. And a little fucked up. Yeah. Um... So, I'm going to switch these last two. Uh, Laura, 27, um, a marketer from the U.S. My grandma, my mom's mom, died on Christmas Eve. She had been getting steadily worse, so my parents and I were taking turns sitting with her at the hospital. I think she was trying to hang on to have another Christmas with us, but by Christmas Eve, she was going downhill, and my mom stroked her hair and said, It's okay. You don't have to be strong. We're all here, and we love you. And she died soon after. I'm an only child, and my dad lost his parents, too, so we were all really, really close to my grandma. We didn't really celebrate Christmas that year, but now we make Christmas a celebration of her life. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And so this last one is from Lily, uh, because I kind of didn't want to end on that note, because it was kind of sad, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um. But this one is first Christmas with my boyfriend, and he presents me with a huge wrapped box. I was so excited as I tore into it, as all his family is looking on. I couldn't wait to find out what it was, and it was a remote control car. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely have no idea how he came up with that. I never mentioned liking or wanting one, ever. It wasn't even like he wanted one. We took it out a few times, and it was quite fun, and that was it. 
The car went to a charity shop and the boyfriend got dumped a year later. Nice. <laughs> Maybe Lily was also Pete's girlfriend. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's why she dumped Maybe him. Maybe that's why on she Christmas. dumped him on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. It's <laughs> almost as bad as dumping someone on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Or the day after Valentine's Day. On Jesus' birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um let me see. Okay. Um I'll uh I'll hold on to the other one next year. <laughs> okay. Okay, you go. All right. Uh, Ready for a break? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And we're back. Hi, everybody. Okay, so I decided to go British. Oh, we both went British. A little bit British, yes. So um, I decided, yes, I found um, an article on Mental Floss called (laughs) 10 UK Christmas Traditions That Confuse Americans. Oh, I'm so ready to be confused. I thought it would be fun. Yeah. Because England needs to get its shit together. So (laughs) uh, this this was written by Luke Bather, uh, and it was published December 22nd, 2016. So you ready, Vanny? Okay. So well said, baby. All right. (laughs) Uh, So with Christmas just around the corner, it can feel like a time to celebrate togetherness and put aside our differences. But what about the differences in the way we celebrate Christmas? When you've been celebrating a holiday one way your entire life, it's easy to assume that that that's the way um, it's celebrated everywhere. But just ask someone who celebrates Christmas across the pond, and you'll see some subtle but strange differences. Here are just a few of them. Okay. Number one, crackers. So these are in Harry Potter. Uh-huh. Um, and I think they use them up north in the, uh, in the, uh, the, the northeast, maybe? But mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Here, like in America, but I'm not sure. So, uh, no, we're not talking about crispy snacks here. Uh, <laughs> these are these are a series of three cardboard tubes connected by a wrapping uh, by a wrapping of colored foil. They are British. They are a British Christmas institution, and you'll see them on dinner tables right next to the cutlery. What are they for? Well, they're they're somewhere between pulling the wishbone on a turkey and a fortune cookie the idea is that you and the person next to you each grab on a grab an end and pull the tubes pull apart with a bit with a small bang or a crack thanks to the tiny explosive inside Uh, nice (laughs) no baby it's okay it's not a real explosive the winner of the game is the person with the lion's share of the cardboard tubes and their prizes sit inside that middle tube oh god Remy, stop, honey. Hey, we're okay. We're okay. She didn't like it. Uh, their prizes sit inside that middle tube. It confused now, her. unless you, yeah, I know. Now, unless you spend serious money on luxury crackers, which are totally a thing, don't expect an incredible prize. Usually, you're looking at a small plastic toy or a magic trick that barely works, a terrible Christmas joke on a small scroll of paper, and the most important thing of all, the paper crown. Multicolored, deeply embarrassing, and begrudgingly worn for about five minutes before being relegated to the trash. (laughs) Oh, hey, those actually sound kind of fun. Doesn't it? Yeah. Crackers stem from a Victorian confectioner named Tom Smith, who was on a visit to Paris in 1840 when he noticed how the French wrapped bonbons in colored tissue paper and decided to try selling a similar product in Britain. After middling, 
After middling sales, inspiration hit him one evening by the fireplace when the crackling sounds caused him to imagine opening bonbons with a bang. He was really into bonbons. <laughs> After... After finding the perfect mix of chemicals for his explosive new packaging, their popularity grew and grew. I've never Seems had like something corny line. and fun. Yeah. I haven't either. All right. This is the thing that I'm going to try this year. Or I was talking to mom about trying this year. Okay. Mince pies. Uh, so the is humble. That, like meat? No. Okay. No, but meat pies are delicious. I anyway, mean, they, they are. I, it was just a confusing <laughs> choice for Christmas. Well, they call it they call it <laughs> mince meat. Okay, but it's but it's it's not. There's no meat in it. Okay, so the humble mince pie has been a part of Brit of British cuisine since the 13th century, when crusading knights returned home with exciting new ingredients from a wider world: cloves, nutmeg, and cinnamon. There were they were quickly. Uh, they were quickly added to pies with dried fruit, suet, and mince meat, minced meat. After the Puritan ban on Christmas and all things deemed unholy, the mince pie, like all Christmas traditions, went went away for a while. Hey, baby, I know. Before coming away, before coming back in a slightly altered form, by the 19th century, the recipe had become sweeter and the pies themselves much more bite-sized. So, what it is is it's dried fruit. Okay. In there, so it's like raisins, um, sultanas, craisins, currants. Um, some people um, put stewed apple and um, like orange pieces in there, Ooh. like candied peel and stuff like that. And then you mix it all. A lot of people also soak their dehydrated fruit in like um, brandy or rum or something like that for three days mm-hmm. so that it's nice and um, nice and boozy. Um, and then, well, they use that for Christmas cake, too. But some people soak it and they add booze to their mincemeat. Nice. Um, and then you make, like, a sweet crust and you mix it with all the spices and all that, all the the innards with all the spices, um, those, like, warming spices that we think of for Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And, um... That my mom tried then, to, si- to season her yep. fucking coffee with. Yep. And then you put it in a sweet crust in, like, a muffin tin, in muffin mm-hmm. tins, and you bake them and then you dust them with powdered sugar. Yeah. And they look delicious. So mom and I were gonna we're talking about making them, but I'm not sure that that's gonna happen this year with all the stuff we have going on with the house. But we'll see. Yeah. So um, let's see here. Wassel. All right. <laughs> we all know that song, right? Yes. Here we come, a wassailing upon the leaves so green. Are you gonna sing with me, Remy? <laughs> no, you're not gonna. Okay. <laughs> um. So. No, just gonna get mad. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's busy. We're almost done, baby. Okay, so... <clears throat> Wassel, what's that? <laughs> so, wh- while spiked eggnog may very well be the booze of choice for the month of December in the good old U.S. of A., the United Kingdom tends to prefer their festive tipple to be that of the mold variety, which I prefer as well, to be honest with you. I love mold wine. Uh, Wassel, in Anglo-Saxon, means be well. And was traditionally a greeting made at the start of the new year. The act of wassailing, going door to door with a bowl of spiced alcoholic beverage, was performed on the twelfth night. On the twelfth night, which is January fifth, sixth, or seventeenth, depending on which calendar you go by, and met with the and met with replies of "drink well." The drink in question, depending on where you lived, was likely either a wine or a cider, which would be heated up and mixed with ver- various fruits and spices. More common nowadays. 
days is simply mold wine, which follows much which follows much of the wassail recipe at heart, but without having to wait until the new year. Neat. Yeah. Hey, baby. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to button it up. Oh goodness. Okay, hang on. Everybody, pause. Everybody, pause. Because, <laughs> of course. And we're back. Sorry about that. All right. So next we have Christmas pudding. Okay. Which we talked about in your in your segment for a minute. Yeah. So this is what Christmas pudding is. <laughs> uh, it's a classic festive dish that dates back to the medieval area. Uh, not area. Era. <laughs> I can't read. The Christmas pudding is, so, is a sort of boiled fruitcake that's heavily spiced, doused in brandy, and briefly set on fire. Oh. Traditionally, yeah, <laughs> traditionally, coins are hidden inside as an extra gift or an unpleasant mouthful of metal. <laughs> the oh pudding's God. medieval, it's, it's like, like the, a cake. It's like the um, the cake they do in the king cake where they hide a little figurine of baby Jesus in the cake and whoever gets it like has a year of good luck. It's a Mardi Gras oh, thing, yeah, kind but of. they make them yeah. here too. Yeah. Um, the pudding's medieval origin comes complete with some very specific instructions from the Roman Catholic Church, (laughs) which say that, quote, pudding should be made on the 25th Sunday after Trinity, that it be prepared, that it be prepared with 13 ingredients to represent Christ and the 12 apostles, and that every, and that every family member stir it in turn from east to west to honor the Magi and their supposed journey in that direction. Oh, that's magi. all a bit silly, but yeah, it's also kind of cool. Um, so you 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 mix up your batter and you put it in like a ceramic bowl, and mm-hmm. you put that bowl into a pot of boiling water and you let it steam and boil for like two hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes out, you serve it hot. So you generally you start that like right before everyone sits down to dinner, kind of. So yeah. then you serve it. You have to serve it right away. Um, so then you pour brandy on top of it and you light it on fire. Mm-hmm. And then everyone makes a wish. It's very fun. I've never had it. That's really cool, though. I've never had it either, but I've seen it a lot. <laughs> yeah, because you watch a lot of British stuff. 
Yeah. That's like all I watch. It's my happy place. So, um, okay. So now we're talking about uh, Father Christmas. Okay. I can get All right. So that. while he's while he's known in the U.S. as Santa Claus, an evolution of the Dutch settlers' term Sinterklaas, um, which, which is itself a shorthand for Saint Nicholas, um, the U.K. refers to him almost exclusively as Father Christmas. Although they're generally thought of as the same person today, Santa and Father Christmas have very different origins. The modern-day Santa Claus owes a large debt to Clement Clark Moore's legendary 1823 poem. Are you talking about it, too? Do you you want to talk about Santa? Are you excited? Santa's going to come. We've got to make cookies for him. No. All right, so the modern-day Santa Claus, but, 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 the 1823 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, although he's also inspired by a 4th-century bishop of Myra, a.k.a. St. Nicholas, and, some say, the Norse god Odin. Huh. Oh, you know what? I have heard of that. Apparently, really? they used to, like, leave out um, feed for Odin's horses oh, on cool. Christmas Eve. Yeah, that, so that's where that tradition came from. That's so neat. Yeah, I literally just learned that a few days ago and completely forgot. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So Father Christmas, however, was more of a winter presence than a gift giver. Winter presence than a gift giver. He's been traced back as far as the 5th or 6th century, appearing first as a Saxon King Winter, who promised a milder winter climate if people were kind to him. Uh, When Normans invaded, the St. Nicholas story was mixed in with the Saxon mythology to create something that started to resemble Father Christmas. The first recorded mention of Father Christmas by name, well, almost, comes from a line in a 15th century carol which says, Welcome, my Lord Christmas. Huh. Uh, Christmas? Maybe Christmas. Lord Christmas morphed into Sir Christmas and then Captain Christmas, which frankly should be brought back, um, (laughs) before Father Chris. Yes, that's the new Marvel movie. (laughs) Um, Before Father Christmas took its place in the 1600s. Notably, while Mr. and Mrs. Claus famously reside in the North Pole, Father Christmas lives in Lapland, the northernmost region of Finland. There's a huge Christmas-based tourism industry up there, with UK and Nordic travel agents selling all kinds of Meet Santa Claus packages featuring reindeer rides, snowmobile adventures, and, of course, an audience with the big man with the white beard himself. Nice. That sounds fucking awesome, by the way. All right. Uh, this one I have never heard of. Mary Crimbo? Mary Crimbo. What baby? The British are seemingly notorious for their colloquialisms, so why should the holiday season be any exception? Christmas in the UK very often gets shortened to Crimbo, or Crimble if you're of the John Lennon school of phrasing. Meanwhile, the phrase Happy Christmas is just as socially acceptable as Merry Christmas. I like to say Happy Christmas, because I think it sounds fun. It does sound fun, but it sounds so weird to my ears, too, because it's always been Merry Christmas to me. Right. But that's also because I'm But then I'm didn't an you watch Harry Potter? Didn't yeah. Didn't you also watch Harry Potter? And they're like, Happy Christmas. Yeah, I did. And it sounded really weird to me. <laughs> but I was also I thought like... it sounded funner. <laughs> funner. More fun. Oh, goodness. All right. Number seven. This one's different. Pantomime. Okay. Do you like the campy theatrical productions of, of popular fairy tales with a cast made up of minor celebrities and men in drag? I don't know. Do you? 
<laughs> I think it sounds fantastic, but whatever. That was a lot you, in one sentence. When in one yes, ear, it not was. the other. So. Yes, it was. Do you ever watch horror movies and have the sudden urge to scream, he's behind you, at the doomed protagonist? Yeah. If so, pantomime may well be for you. Pantomime, or panto, if we're continuing with the colloquialisms, is is a type of musical comedy that's a big deal in the UK. In 2012, during the throes of the National Recession, the largest panto production company in the UK made more than $30 million during the Christmas period alone. Wow. Pantomime is something that has to be experienced to fully appreciate it, so perhaps it's best to be bewildered by this star-studded, by British standards, televised panto from 1998 seen above and wonder how it's so popular. Oh, they've got like a clip in there. Mm. That's fun. Okay, two more. The Christmas advertising season. Okay, so this this has a picture of Santa with Coca-Cola, which Uh, we all know and love, right? Yeah. And then it's been uh, polar bears a lot recently. Um, But in the U.S., the commercial Holy Grail is the Super Bowl ad with a 30-second slot costing $5 million at the 2016 game, which is stupid. Mm -hmm. As the the U.K. isn't exactly a hotbed of American football fanatics, the the big commercial events appear around Christmas time. It... It used to be that the classic Coca-Cola ad served as a signpost for the start of the festive season proper. But for the past few years, yeah, but for the past few years, adoration... Hey, baby, what is it? Goodness. Come here, hang on a minute. I know, I know, I know. Hey. There you go. She is confusion. She wants to eat and she wants to sleep and she can't decide what she wants to do. Okay. Okay, so, but lately, adoration has shifted toward the always anticipated John Lewis Christmas ad. Whoever the fuck that is. So, oh, it's not a person. Okay. John Lewis is a high-end UK department store chain that has made a name for itself in the last 10 years with increasingly more saccharine short films that seem scientifically engineered to tug at your heartstrings. That's amazing. With a campaign this year costing an estimated $8.7 million, it's clear that this is a Christmas tradition they take very seriously. Jesus Christ. But they're not even the biggest spenders. Burberry's star-studded cinematic 2016 Christmas ad called, quote, The Tale of Thomas Burberry (laughs) is rumored rumored to have cost $12.5 million. Wow. Dollars, not pounds. That's crazy. Doll hairs. Yes. All right. Boxing Day. This I've heard I've of this. I've always heard of, and I don't know what the fuck that is. So I'm Me very neither. excited to learn. All right. So December 26th is more than simply the day after Christmas to the Brits. It's Boxing Day. Boxing Day is not only a public holiday, which means it's an extra day off work, which is awesome. It's mm. also the starting flag for the post-Christmas sales. Much like Black Friday in the U.S., the Boxing Day sales aren't for the faint of hearted. <laughs> with shoppers f- with shoppers flush with cash from the distant relatives who didn't know them well enough to get them a meaningful gift, the bargain hunting can be riotous. I love it. 
The origins of the name Boxing Day are dubious, but it has nothing to do with a prize fight. Depending on who you believe, it's either named for the Church of England's practice of uh, practice of breaking open donation boxes to distribute among the poor, or for the aristocracy giving boxes full of presents to their servants on the day after Christmas. Whatever its charitable origins may have been, most Brits don't spend it shopping or visiting relatives just... Uh, who don't spend it shopping or visiting relatives, just tend to eat leftovers and watch TV. Something we can all agree on. Yeah. And last but not least, the Royal British Br Christmas Broadcast. Okay. A true British institution, the Christmas Broadcast by the reigning monarch has been an almost yearly mainstay in one form or another since 1932. Wow. Oh, I lost my place. Hang on. Uh, da, da, da. Okay. Originally starting as a radio broadcast by George V, the broadcast evolved as the monarchy did, and 1957 saw Queen Elizabeth II deliver the first broadcast televised live to the nation. Aww. However... However, due to radio interference, some viewers apparently heard U.S. police radio transmissions <laughs> mixed in with the Queen's speech, including the phrase, Joe, I'm going to grab a quick coffee. <laughs> <laughs> since That's 1959, great. right, since 1959, the broadcast has been pre-recorded, but, but is still faithfully beamed into Christmas home, been, beamed into homes across the country at 3 p.m. on Christmas Day. The exception occurred in 1969 when there was no speech because the Queen decided that after a documentary about the royal family had aired earlier that year, there had been enough of her on TV already. <laughs> <laughs> I the mean, I feel that. Right? The subject matter tends to be similar every year, a reflection on the events of the previous 365 days and overall message of togetherness. Since the 90s, its popularity has dwindled, with TV station Channel 4 broadcasting their, quote, alternative Christmas message <laughs> at the same time since 1993. That's rude. Their subject matter, I know, right? Yeah. Their subject matter varies from the humorous, Marge Simpson delivered a speech in 2012, to the more... <laughs> To the more serious and controversial. In 2006, a Muslim woman, known only as Khadija, spoke about Islam and the conflict in the Middle East, while in 2013, Edward Snowden was the chosen speaker. <gasps> I love Edward Snowden! Oh my god. Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah, I, um, I actually watched an episode, or well, listened to an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, the newest one that he had Edward Snowden on, because he's had him on twice. And wow, this, that's crazy. Yeah, this last one, so fucking fascinating. That guy is so smart. He is so... Yeah, he is. He is really selfless, actually. I was surprised. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, because... All right. Joe was asking, what? like, if he wants a presidential pardon, and he's like, no, I don't want a pardon for myself. I want a pardon for all these other people that have been whistleblowers and are in jail yeah. and, like, to be executed. For shit wow. that they needed to do. And I don't know. I'm just... That's awesome. Don't get me on the topic of Edward Snowden. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We yeah, love Merry you. Christmas. And we hope, we, we hope you have a safe and sane holiday, socially distanced holiday. Yeah. So, uh, and remember, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. You are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.
Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.